your servant And I am listening Speak to me, Lord, speak to me Speak to me Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by the Macarius Church Headquarters. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teachings as taught at the Macarius Church Headquarters. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your good Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. And thank you for your promises. And your presence. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. In your presence, I am content. In your presence, I am content. In your presence, there is life. Expressions of your love and revelations of your power and mind in your presence I can bring a love song offering I'm in the presence of my King you want to sing it to God say in your presence in your presence I am content In your presence, Lord. In your presence, that's life. That's precious of your love. Precious of your and revelations of your power, man. Your power, man. Your I can bring to you, Lord. Yes, a love song of rain. I'm in the presence of. My King, your presence there is love, expressions of your love, and revelations of your power and might. Oh, in your presence, Lord, in your presence I can bring a love song offering, a love song offering. In your presence, yeah. In your presence, love is love. of your love and revelations of your power. In your presence, Lord. In your presence, Yes. Yeah.
presence, there is life. Expressions of your love and revelations of your power and might. Your power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. His presence is so sweet, so beautiful, so awesome. We love to be in His presence. Thank you, Lord. I will come and bow down at thy feet, Lord Jesus, in your presence. There is fullness of joy. There is nothing, there is no one who compares with you. I take pleasure in worshiping you, Lord. I will come and bow down at thy feet, Lord Jesus. In your presence there is fullness of joy. There is nothing, there is no one who compares with you. I take pleasure in worshiping. I take pleasure in worshiping. I take pleasure in worshiping you, Lord. There is nothing. There is nothing. There is no one who compares with. I take pleasure in worshiping. I take pleasure in worshiping. I take pleasure in worshiping you, Lord. And as I come into your presence, past the gates of So we stand in face to face and look upon your heart. I see the fullness of your grace, and I can only bow down and say, You are awesome.
as I come into your presence. As I come into your presence. Pass the gates of praise. Pass the gates of praise. Into your sanctuary. Into your sanctuary. So we stand in face to face. So we stand in face. I look upon your countenance. I look upon your countenance. I see the fullness of your and I can only bow down. I can only bow down and say, yeah, hey, you are awesome in this place, mighty God. Oh, you are awesome in this place.
natural response Lord is to worship when we behold the awesomeness of the creator of the universe when we encounter divinity when we stand face to face with magnificence excellence beauty majesty glory and splendor our natural response is to worship so this morning lord we worship we worship we worship we worship with our words worship with our song worship with our hearts worship with our feelings everything that is within us oh lord created as we are we worship we bow down to you and bless your name thank you thank you lord thank you Mm. yes lord it's all right stay in his presence and encounter him yes lord in jesus name amen put your hands together for the lord and please take your seats in the presence of the lord Bishop Eddie is ministering powerfully at the Word of Life Cathedral in Takrad this morning. He's paying an apostolic visit. What a blessing. They also should experience the blessing that we have in Bishop Eddie as the father of this Macarius denomination. Amen. What a blessing. So this morning we are just sharing fellowship and being in the presence of the lord hallelujah and um on tuesday i started a mini series called a new season of church growth yes it's a good place to clap a new season of church growth it's based on our father's book the double mega missionary church Yes, the double may, especially chapter one, which talks about 25 prophecies of the double mega missionary church. Amen. And I began by talking about a couple of scriptures. You see, thank you for the beautiful ministration from the fresh lilies. God bless you, fresh lilies. We need to hear from God. We need a word from God. When you come to church, you must hear a word from God. And thank you for the Christians for ministering powerfully. Psalm 34 and times and seasons. And Sophie for singing, winner takes the crown. (laughs) Hallelujah. And times and seasons because in first chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32 we encounter a powerful scripture about the children of issachar the bible says that and of the children of issachar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what israel ought to do the heads of them were 200 
and all their brethren were at their commandments. Now what you need to know in the Lord is that in your work with God as an individual, in our work with God as a church, this church, the Macarius Cathedral, and the Macarius denomination, and the united denomination of churches originating from the lighthouse group of churches, there are times and there are seasons. And you must be aware of this awesome truth. In fact, our theme this year is based on Genesis 8.22. Is that not so? Yes. Which says, while the earth remaineth. In other words, as long as this earth is running its cycles and its... In fact, what, what is needed for the earth to remain or to continue or to... To, to be the earth and to sustain life. Seasons. Seed time. And harvest. And cold. And heat. And summer. And winter. And day and night. A wise person once said, all of sunshine makes a desert. Yeah. That, that's how the desert that place is diff- a bit different. You get me. You need to have a season to sow, then a season to reap. And we must be aware of the existence of the seasons. In fact, if you are in a season and you are not aware of it you make mistakes so Jesus when talking to the people of his time made reference to this recognition that please don't live your life without being aware of the season you are in Matthew 24 32 He said, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. You see, we have spring, where the fresh grass is springing out of the earth after the winter. Then summer. Then autumn. Then winter. The following that succession. So he says, when you see this happening to the victory, you know that ah, summer is coming. So Jesus said, so likewise see, verse 33, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near. You see, so inability to recognize the season is a major mistake. And to do the things that you were doing in the other season. In a new season. It's just not right. I'm, I'm reminded of a, a man of God who was preaching. 
I think it was getting to the winter. But where he came from, there was the attire was a bubu, and he wanted to represent his country, (laughs) rep your country. So I wear the bubu. But as he was preaching, and it was an open air preaching. He realized that <laughs> seasons are different. <laughs> a kind person brought him a great coat and he wore it. Otherwise, he, he would have been preaching and he would become a frozen preacher. Because what was one was summer, summer attire. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that in your life, you see, when God revealed what was about to happen in Egypt to Joseph, through the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream, he said there will be seven years of abundance, followed by seven years of want. So, what made Joseph a world figure and Egypt a world power was that before the season of famine came, they were ready for it. So shall you also be ready in the name of Jesus. Sometimes the seasons take us by surprise. But I thank God for that he's a God of revelation. And that today he's telling us that you see, some, sometimes just, 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 just look at yourself, be aware, and say, no, I, I'm, it's, it, it, what is happening to me is because of the season I am in. But you know, the beautiful thing about seasons is that they don't last forever. I mean, when you're in a very good season, you wish it will last forever. But remember what I said, all of sunshine, Makes a desert. When you go to England and it's summer, you see people driving in their automobiles and you know they're taking their shirts off and they're happy. But if you have sunshine all the time, you will not produce. So I made reference on Tuesday to what we call the six general periods of church history. As an example of seasons and times when it comes to the church. That the church was, if you like, the first period of the church was from AD 30 to AD 100. AD 30 being the ascension of Jesus and AD 100 being the death of the last apostle, St. John. It's known as the apostolic church. And that's when the church spread to the Gentiles and all that. But when John died, it signified the end of a season. And the beginning of another one. If you recall, when King Uzziah died in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1, it was actually the end of a season. And the beginning, as it were, of Isaiah's ministry. So sometimes when God takes somebody away from your life, even though you may be sad, maybe God is actually ushering you into a new season. It was in that season that Isaiah received his call, the call to ministry. He received it at the death of King Uzziah. 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. As I was about to be ushered into a new realm, King Uzziah died. You are also entering into your new season. And I remember that in 2003, two great teachers of the word, Derek Prince and Kenneth Hagin, they died. 2003, same year. I think probably even about, I have to check it, but a week or so of each other. Yes. When the apostle John died, the church was ushered into what was known as the persecution, the persecuted church. 100 AD to 313 AD, there was persecution. That's when the Christians were fed to the lions. Christians had to go into catacombs, caves, hide themselves. Because the empress of Nero and all those guys setting fire to Rome and saying that the Christians have burned the city. So feed them to the lions. But again, in 313 AD, Constantine, a new emperor, came and ended up and the church was ushered into what was called the imperial church the powerful church I mean now it was even more fashionable to become a Christian so that's when some people also entered who were not really because now Christianity had become cheap in the persecuted church to be a Christian meant you could die then from 313 AD to 476 to what was called the fall of Rome. That's when the imperial church ended. Then the church entered for about 1,000 years into what is called the medieval church. No light. No revelation. They went to hide in monasteries. Islam arose. I mean so many things happened until God unleashed the reformation. Martin Luther and the others, they rose up and brought light into the world. So what I'm saying is that you may come to church on a Sunday morning, go back home, come the next Sunday, go back home, live your life. But remember that, remember to ask yourself, what season am I in? And I came to tell somebody today that in this church and in this denomination and in this movement of God called the United Denomination of Churches originating from the light of group of churches we are in a season of the mountain like churches or the double mega missionary church now according to 1st Chronicles 12 32 knowing that it's your season Means that when you understand that it's your city, means that you must know what to do. And by the grace of God, I came to guide you into what to do through this book this morning. Yes, just to guide you as to what to do now that you are in that season of the double mega missionary church or the mountain like church. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. And it shall come to pass in the last days 
that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us of his ways and he will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem maybe I should give you another scripture which pertains to what we are talking about from the book of Revelation Revelation chapter 11 verse 15 Revelation eleven fifteen says And the seventh angel sounded And there were great voices in heaven saying The kingdoms of this world Are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ And he shall reign forever and ever this is to say that the church will become the main thing. The church, it will be better to align yourself with a church or the church than to align yourself with any other kingdom, like a financial kingdom. You may belong to a financial kingdom, or you may. By virtue of what you do, or by virtue of the fact that you are in this world, you may have to align yourself or be working with something, finance, oil, energy, something. But I want you to know that if you are a wise person, based on the fact that the season is a season of the church becoming a mountain and towering above other things, you also firmly find your place in the church. So, the characteristics of the church is that the church will be mountain-like. And then, secondly, there will be a rise of churches with many people and strong nations. Zechariah chapter 8, verses 21 to 23. I prophesy that we are about to see internationalization right here in this church. Churches, a church with many nations in the church. There are some ladies, they are Ghanaians, but they want to marry a white man. <laughs> you can't fault them. We are all different. I mean, there's a song that they used to sing years ago. Somebody said, Drive me near Somebody said, Drive me near. I will marry a drive. I mean, the. the <laughs> no, that was her desire. That drive me near I will marry a driver. <laughs> no, this was a commercial week. <laughs> yes. But you see, if you are in a church who doesn't have many people and strong nations, that vision cannot be accomplished. You may be forced to marry a Ghanaian, a local brother. <laughs> 
you either change your vision or you change your uh, the nationality you want to marry from. <laughs> oh, but I came to prophesy. See, and as we are preaching now, begin to see, begin to see the nations and the people filling this place. The international, the people from the Caribbean, the people from um, Zimbabwe, the people from Kenya filling this church in the name of Jesus. And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another saying, let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem. I want to take you to Mark 135 and explain something to you. Mark 135 talks about the prayer life of Jesus. And in the morning, you see, I want to explain to you why. Do you realize that what I've just read in Zechariah chapter 8, one prophet called it reverse evangelism. Reverse evangelism. Because in evangelism, we go out there to look for unwilling people to come to church. Do you understand me? Yes. Because after talking to them and everything, tell them, so tomorrow I come and take it. I say, oh, tomorrow I'm going to my auntie at La Paz. So I can't come to church. So next week I'll come. <laughs> or they'll tell them, oh, eh, so what time should I meet you? 8 30, I'll meet you, okay. Then you call him. The other phone is switched over out of coverage area. <laughs> you can't find him. Because he is not willing to come. But do you realize that in Zechariah chapter 8 it says, and the inhabitants of one city shall go one to another saying, let us go speedily. He says, many people and strong nations shall come to seek them. They will come to you. They will come to you. They will come to you. He says, he says, he says, he says, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold of the sketch of him that is a Jew say, we will go with you for we have heard that God is with you. I feel amazing miracles breaking out here in the name of Jesus that people will come and say, wow, let's go to the place where there are miracles. And John, and in Mark 135, you see, one of the, one of the things that will bring this to come to pass is awesome prayer in the church. You see, recognize the season you are in and begin to adjust and begin to change because you may be someone who doesn't really like such prayer topics. When we start praying about church growth or preaching about church growth, we say, oh, I want destiny. I mean, I want destiny. Destiny. Destiny messages. You are entering into your destiny. Enter into your destiny. Destiny helpers. Destiny what? What are, what are the destiny messages? Uh, yes. You know, you know, seven keys to fulfilling your destiny. Seven keys at... Identify the helpers of your destiny. Oh, 
You sacrifice. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But you see, like I said to you, the word of God is is not only shepherdic preaching. Oh, you have to have church growth preaching. You have to have evangelism preaching. You have to all these things add up. They add up. They add up. They add up. They add up. up. You don't want. You don't. You don't want. That's not the season you are in. Can't be preaching shepherd when you should be preaching church growth. So in the morning, rise up and glorify God. He went out and departed in solitude place and there prayed. Because of us, we don't like prayer. I say that because of number one, flow prayer. And number two, WhatsApp prayer. One day when we're doing the flow. <laughs> what 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 parties? <laughs> I call somebody. They didn't answer the phone. I think they were asleep. Because they were not on the watch the watch party group. They were not praying. They are not logged in. So after a while I came back and said that oh they are logged in now. They were on the page. After a few minutes, then I received a call. Oh, Bishop, I missed you. <laughs> I said, look, I was born on a Saturday, but not last week, Saturday. <laughs> I know what you have been doing. <laughs> Jesus went out and departed. Look at verse 36. And someone and they down for everything followed up. So his disciples were looking. And then look at verse 37. And when they had found him, they said, all men seek for thee. All men seek for thee. In other words, when you go into a solitary place and pray, sometimes it's not the people that you are just going to look out for, but they will come to you and say, I will go with you. I will go with you. I will go with you to church. I will go with you to your center meeting. I will go with you. I will go with you. Number three. Let me mention this. There shall be a rise of churches that shall not be few and churches that shall not be small. Jeremiah chapter 30. I'm talking about the characteristics of the mountain-like churches that God is raising in these ladders and we are a part of the mountain-like churches. Before I talk about this, you see, what you don't know is that there are some churches. In fact, I think the church that is, well, according to Wikipedia, with the largest church attendance now is a Yoido Full Gospel Church with a membership with a church attendance of 480,000 people. You see, you can't really imagine. Ah, how can 480,000 people gather? But that's because God is doing something. God is building churches in this time, in this era, in this generation. What we are saying is that we also should embrace it. And out of them 
shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Oh, I thank God for Bishop Eddie's life and for teaching us for many weeks on how can I say thanks? Please clap strongly. You see, and out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. So a feature or a characteristic or something that you find in a mountain like church is thanksgiving. The people give thanks because the alternative to giving thanks is murmuring and complaining. The other day I heard a lady I think she lives in Switzerland or the UK and she was complaining about a bus which was four minutes late. So the bus should have come at 8.15 because according to the time at the bus stop that bus, bus 36 is supposed to get there at 8.15 and it got there at 8.19. She was complaining. (laughs) she said that if this bus because this bus had come late her connecting bus if it comes early she will be so the bus is making her late wow beautiful come to Ghana it was school junction What bus stop are you talking about in the first place? Is there a bus stop? For a bus to come and pick you and you are paying a a, a, a ticket and then you you bought the bus. (laughs) And you see, so, so you realize that we will give thanks if there's fuel around. But she is saying that, look, the bus is late. So I thank God that we are, we, we are becoming a people of thanksgiving. And God says that when you are a person of thanksgiving, one thing that will happen to you, you will not be few, you will not be small. And God is making us, God is multiplying us. You see, the multiplication comes from the Lord. The multiplication, it comes from the Lord. And you see, I explained on Tuesday night to them that when we talk about a big church, a mountain like church, a church with a lot of people in it, know that, you see, you have you gain from that church. Yes. 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 Because in such a church, there are more contacts for business to thrive. You like networking. Is that not so? Yes. When there are more people to network with, the network works. More potential beloveds. Therefore, more marriages. More outdoors. 
Things that make us happy. So these are three things that characterize the mountain-like church. So I want to talk about three things that you therefore have to do or to become. And I think we can close for this morning. What should be your response? Back to First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. You see, in the day when Saul had died as king, the children of Issachar had a mind that the person that we should help to rise to the throne is David. Yes. What it was was that David had been anointed king by Samuel when he was but a boy. Then David was anointed again but as king over Judah. But these children of Issachar said, you know what? We should anoint David as king, not only of Judah, but the whole of Israel. They knew what to do. Do you get me? They knew what to do. They said, let's do it. And and these were people who who were leaders. Do you understand me? So what are some of the things that you should do if you are in such a time and in such a season? Number one is that you should be a little one or a humble one. And there's a prophecy for you. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 22. It says, a little one shall become a thousand. And a small one a strong nation. I the Lord will hasten it in his time. Perhaps I might only be able to talk about this one. Because I want to say this, that who is a little one? A little one is a humble one. Many other things are required to do in church, in the mountain-like church. In building up the double mega mission church, they require humility. Otherwise, you may easily find yourself not doing it. For instance, the other night we were at Quebec Room. Standing around there, giving out flyers. Witnessing to people, inviting them to the crusade. You would not want to come around there if you are not a little one or a humble one. I read the story of Oral Roberts, his autobiography called Expect a Miracle. And he said something. He said one day he was chatting. Let me read it to you. I think it's nice. He said, I recall how shortly after I began preaching, my dad and I were sitting in chairs, leaning back against the outside of the house. We had been reading our Bibles together and sharing our thoughts. Then Oral Roberts asked his father, because his father was a preacher. 
He asked, Papa, do you believe that a return to the miracles of the early church after the day of Pentecost as told in the book of Acts will come again? Papa, do you believe that that will come again? His father said, I not only believe it, he replied, I know it. And you have got to know that is the very reason God raised you up and told you his plan for your life and ministry. Because Oral Roberts was dying of tuberculosis. was a young man dying of tuberculosis when God healed him. Then Oral Roberts asked his father a question. What do you think I should do? Listen to what Oral Roberts' father told him. He said, keep on learning the word. Keep listening to the Holy Spirit who is in you. And continue to preach as you are now until God's time comes. Do you recognize the season? Until God's time comes. And it will come. I may not be alive when it comes upon you and upon many, many others. But when I die, I'll know those great miracle days are coming to deliver people all over the world. Oral Robert's mother was listening. So he says, Mama had walked near and looking at me, she affirmed Papa's word. It will come, son. Just remember to obey God and stay small in your own eyes. And God will bless the world through you. Wow. Isn't it a wonder that our Roberts lived to see the healing revival? That's awesome time and season where in our Robert's own words from about 1948 to 1957, the easiest thing to happen in a meeting was to get somebody healed. Because that was a time. That was a season. Why? He said, stay small in your own eyes. These are the words that Samuel told Saul. Because unfortunately, when Saul became a king, when Saul was established, he failed to remain small in his eyes. When Saul was nothing, Samuel's word was everything to him. But when Saul became a king, he had alternatives. We should kill all the people, all the cattle, all the sheep, all the goats. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not such a good plan. And someone told him, when thou was small in thine own eyes, that's when God lifted you. May we remain small in God's eyes. May we remain humble in God's eyes. And I'm saying that the things that you are required to do in a mountain-like church, in a double mega missionary church, the season of which we are in now, they require humility. And I pray that God will find some humble ones here who will come out. You see, it requires humility to it requires humility to stand before a JSS 
students and say, I want to lead you to Christ. And the student will say, no. It's happened to me before. I told him, so now, I want to lead you to Christ. He said, no, I will not pray. He said, why would you not pray? He said, because I can't pray when I'm not wearing a shirt. Because he was bare-chested. Okay, go and wear a shirt. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> it takes humility. Number two. What do you do in this season? You should become a feeding pastor. Jeremiah chapter 3. This is 15 to 18. And I'll give you pastors according to my heart. We shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass when you be multiplied and increased in the land. In those days, said the Lord, they shall say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord. They shall say no more. Neither shall they come to mind. Neither shall they remember it. Neither shall they visit it. Neither shall that be done anymore. And at that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. And all the nations shall be gathered unto it to the name of the Lord. To Jerusalem, neither shall they walk anymore after the imagination of their evil hearts. In those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land I have given him for an inheritance unto your fathers. I want to sound a note of warning. Because the Bible says we should warn, we should admonish, and we should teach. If you've been around in church for a while, it means that there's a certain measure of knowledge and understanding you have. Oh yes, please, please, please. Let's not, there's no need to argue over that. If you've been around, if you've been around, you have some more knowledge. You see, in hospital, patients who have been around for a little longer, they become like class prefects. <laughs> yes, yes. There are some chronic, oh, they've been there for a long time. They almost become like, sometimes they almost become like assistants to the nurses. Yeah. And they know the nurse who smiles and the nurse who doesn't smile. <laughs> they know it. I remember when I was a house officer and somebody was I think he needed something I forgot, I think blood transfusion or something so the day I walked in with the blood for him, I heard the self-appointed class professor say, send me catch you, send me catch you send me catch you away or the beba or the beba or the beba yes so all I'm saying is that we all don't know everything. But you've been around a little while. You've been in church. My question to you is that who are you feeding with the little knowledge and understanding that you have? And I said, you don't teach anybody at all. Then you'll become like those in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. 
When the Bible says, when for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and now become such as I'm need of milk and not of strong milk. Oh, you have even regressed now. Regression means that you were mature but now you've gone back. Like you are now a grown man but you are sucking your thumb like a baby. You want Serenac? No! Tell your neighbor, no! Oh, you didn't say the no with... Uh, because you know you are <laughs> you are guilty. Uh, how come? How how come? See, it says knowledge and understanding. Oh, no, you see, here we are in church. I was chatting with a young lady in the church, and when she sent me a text, a good morning, Bishop, and I sent a text, well, hello, share your quiet time with me. Just this week. Just this week. Reverend Philip, her answer to us, Bishop, I don't know how to have my quiet time. Yes. I, I, I fell in love with her more because she's honest. She doesn't. You see, so here we are. And I'm sure at least, at least if I take the first two rows. Take more, you see. Yeah. At least when you say quiet, at least you have an idea. You, you know what to do. If you don't know what to do, to then be humble, like become a little one. <laughs> no, but the point is that, you see, why should there be somebody in the church who will say, I don't know how to have? So, from at least from, from the end of second service, from next week. We'll have desks there. And we'll do intimate counseling one-on-one, talk to people, do things like that. Just, just little things. Little things. We actually do it for the first service as well, but it's not as extensive. We are going to because people need feeding. See, and what you see from the pulpit, that's what you see from the pulpit. Look, I'm telling you, by the time we finish there, and you go out there and you ask people if you like conduct a survey, ask so, so Bishop, ask so what was he preaching? You see, <laughs> you will hear the answers. Ah, he said some Roman soldiers or something, some people. I mean, different, 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 <laughs> different things. Yeah. So, okay, he said, he's talking about mountains. I don't know whether Fajato or something. But he said, he said, he said mountains. He said, oh, no, no, no. It has happened to me twice. I called shepherds after I preached. And I said, how did the preaching go? What did you. <laughs> what? What did you do? One guy said, but they all couldn't speak. I mean, these are shepherds who, after preaching, not like last week's preaching, today's preaching, and morning service, and in the afternoons, I got a shepherd who, tell me what. One guy said, honestly, Pastor, uh, when you started, I could follow, and later I couldn't. That's what he, and he's the one who spoke. The others, they cry, they won't even speak for you to see that maybe it's a mistake here or not. But the best example is the old ladies I taught years ago in a Methodist church. 
nice ladies, beautiful, sweet ladies. I taught a series on the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Oh, top for weeks. Then one day, I asked them, and tell us the what have we learned? Oh, giggling. Come and see. Only this giggling like girls. It's like, ah, we should say, we should say, we should say what you're preaching. Then one of them, the spokesperson, that's always a spokesperson, he stood up. Suffer. We should have faith. That summarizes. That summarizes the whole message. What's That's all. You can't go wrong. Can you go wrong with this? No, 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 no. Faith is good. Is faith not good? What's You see, so people don't understand. People do not understand. They don't know what's going on. But they need you to sit down with one person. Talk to that person one-on-one. One on one, and if we come day in and day out, day in and day out, they're in the church who know a little bit more than the others. And who not feed them with knowledge and understanding. Then it's up to us. What did Jesus will ask us? So, all your knowledge, what did you do with it? Yeah. I'm not saying come and be appointed a pastor. Just be a feeder. A shepherd is a feeder. Shepherd is a feeder. And there are people in your profession who you can feed. When I went to Korea, I was amazed. I saw a church. We climbed up many, many, many stairs. We got up and said, ah, this place, there's a service only for soldiers. Only for soldiers. <laughs> the mountain-like church said, this, this service is only for soldiers. This service is only for policemen. This service, oh, wow. Because somebody was becoming a feeding pastor. May God make you a feeder, a feeder, a feeder, a feeder, a feeder. Just take the Bible and explain it. Something that you have been been in church. You have heard the word. Oh. I think it's time. It's enough. Let me add one. <laughs> Become a teaching priest. This is Second Chronicles 15. Now for a long season. Wow. When I see season, I just become excited. God is speaking. Now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they, in their trouble, they turned unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city. For God did vex them with all adversity. Let me give you two characteristics of a teaching priest. One is that he waits on God. And again, that's a lost art among Christians today. You don't find people who will say, I am going to Anakazo 100% answered prayer gardens to pray. No. If somebody proposes to them, they may go there to pray. To see whether he is the one or not. And they may even go there with him. So, 
How will you know when you are praying with the person? How will you know when God tells you that he's not the one? <laughs> well, I, saw, I saw a sister one day. She came to pray. Hey, Sherry, 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 Sherry. Hey, hey sister. Well, I used to go there and pray. She, she, she wasn't coming. But the day I saw her. The next Sunday, no, I heard. Uh, wedding bells, wedding bells. Our sister is getting married. I said, hey. That's why she has come to pray. But do you have time so you wait on God? Or you don't even know what it is to wait on God? To take your Bible, to take your notebook, to take a device that you can use to listen to messages and go to the prayer gardens in the morning and come back in the evening. If you don't do that, And I don't know, you are not hearing from God in a certain way. And every person must have milestones in their lives that are based on hearing from God. And that if you go for a long season without hearing from God, like the fresh list sang to us this morning, he said, if we don't hear from you, what shall we do? You don't know what to do. And you see, the danger of somebody who doesn't wait upon God is the danger of drifting. Soon, you find yourself in a place and you begin to wonder, how did I get here? You drifted. The currents took you along. Because you did not stop and wait upon God for God to speak to you. Please stop stop. But today God is raising teaching priests in his house. The word is a seed. According to Luke chapter 8 verse 11, the seed is the word of God. And I know that today I've planted a seed in hearts that is going to germinate. Yes. It will, it will, it will bear fruit because of seed time and harvests. When you plant, it will bear fruit. And secondly, a priest also teaches. I love Malachi chapter 2 verse 7. It says, For the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. And, and please, don't be, when I say priest, pastor, don't just be thinking about those of us standing here preaching. No, 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 no. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 has made it clear. He said, God has made us a kingdom of priests. Give it to us in NIV or something. Revelation 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first one from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and has freed us from his kingdom. Verse 6. And has made us to be a kingdom and priests. Another person will tell you, a kingdom of priests. All of us are priests. So some of us are like the patients who have been around for a longer time. So we, we, we are spokesmen. May God raise you up as a teaching priest. May God raise you up as a feeding pastor. May God raise you up as a little one. In this day of the mountain light church. And through your response to what God is doing in this season. May we see the place. Ah, I love to see the day when first service will fill this place. 
Yes. It's possible. Yeah. If you and I, Pastor Philip, will take our place, it will not just come and be fed and go away and come back for another dose. Knowledge that we are keeping, but we don't share, we don't teach, we don't take somebody's hand and guidance. Oh, please, you, you know what, sir? If you want to do something, you make a way. Because now you can't come and tell her, Sir Bishop, who should I teach? <laughs> no, 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 no. If you don't want to do something, you make an excuse. But if you want to do something, you make a way. And I pray that God will help you and strengthen you to make a way to find your place in the mountain-like church that is building. You see, I commend people are marriage counselors. Hey, do you know what it means to be a marriage counselor? To me, it means to share your life. Because a marriage counselor who doesn't share his marriage problems, he's not a proper marriage counselor. As are you, dear, you are perfect something, and the people, how the people know that? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, no, no, true. One of the most famous marriage counselors, his name was Walter Trubish. He traveled to Africa to have a session. And during that time when he and his wife traveled, Walter and Ingrid, they had the beasts in their marriage, their own marriage. No, they had traveled from wherever they had traveled in Europe to Africa to come and hold a marriage seminar. And within that time, there was a beast in their marriage. And they wrote a book about it. A small book. <laughs> To show you that, Charlie, we say we are counselors, but it's not that we there we've got everything. Tied up. How can you have everything tied up as a normal human being? As someone is a woman being, then <laughs> you there you got. Then you are just you are not you are not real. Yeah, you tell the sheep that hey, look, even me, one or two, one or two, one or two. But by the grace of God, three and four have come in, and now. I'm here. Yeah, that's a real. Uh. So God will help us. Stand to your feet and let's close. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy. Right and true, where fast I'll be a sanctuary for sing, Lord, prepare me, Lord, prepare to be a sanctuary, a sanctuary, pure and holy. Tried and true, when I'll be a living sanctuary for you, Lord. For one more time, say, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy.
ask you something. Let me ask you something. If an if if an army wants to win a battle, who should they send out to the battle? The privates and the young soldiers who don't have any experience, or the generals who have some more experience, mix them with the privates and then send them out to war. Which which of these two armies do you think will will oh? But we are doing the reverse. We are doing the reverse. If we call, if 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 if, if we take a survey, those who do outreach, let's, let's say Saturday in this church, Saturday outreach <laughs> are the small small. They don't know, even know the scriptures. All they say is, "Come to church." My bishop is very powerful. He'll do. But you know the verse because you've been around for a while. But you have become an armchair general. You don't do such things. That's why I said, humble one, little one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's uh, that's what it is really. Or oh, it's not. It's not. That, that's what it is. The generals who can, who know what to do, like Abner, as Asahel, a young man was chasing him to kill him. Oh. Before Asahel realized he was wallowing in his own blood on the floor, they had used some trick. Be that, oh, you you know the trick, but they, you are at home because you have to take care of you know business, stocks, bonds, family. This oh, hey, help us so This just will help us. It will help us. It will help us. Bow down your heads and let's pray. You are here. Maybe you don't. You're not born again. No, no, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to talk to you first that you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So wherever you are, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your right hand only. I'll pray with you. Because in church, church is a good place to come and give your life to Jesus. God bless you. I see your hand up. I see your hand up. You are a little one. You are a humble one. You are just saying that Jesus, I come to you. Yes. And if you have raised up your hand, please come forward. I want to pray with you. Come forward. I want to pray with you. Come forward. I want to pray with you. Yes. Oh, encourage them as they come. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Come. Come. Beautiful. What a blessing. Yes. What a blessing. For you. For you. Did somebody invite you to church? Who invited you? Beatrice. Did somebody invite you to church? Who invited you? Pastor Jonathan. Who invited you? Pastor Jonathan. That's what I'm saying. So if a pastor Jonathan goes out, he can bring two people to church. If a Beatrice goes out, he can bring one person. But if all of us don't go out, what's your name? Francis will not come to church. Reginald will not come to church. Joseph will not come to church. I pray for the day when, you see, God says we shall not be few, we shall not be small. It's because of the, you see, a mountain church is full of activity of the members. They don't, these are the activities. Let's pray. Bow down your head. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you 
for sending Jesus to die for me. I know I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. Please forgive me. Wash away my sins. Make me a new creature. Please write my name in the book of life. Say, Satan, I do not belong to you anymore. I belong to Jesus. I have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Father, thank you for saving me, for washing me. I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. As the communion is being said, I think you should think about what you've said. I mean, it just struck me that wow. Even the army is going out and the army is full of privates. What do they hope to achieve? How many of us have seen movies in which Rambo or somebody he's gone, he's now retired, he's at home, he's like, he doesn't want to fight anymore. Then there's a special mission. So they come and look for him. That look, they said we should come and look for you and bring you. How many have seen movies like that? Oh, you see it all that. Oh, then you just say, Oh, I won't go. And then maybe because he didn't go, then something happens, and his wife or somebody is killed. Then he grows wild. The challenge now, the thing affects me. You see, we shouldn't wait for things like that. I believe that we should have that conscience. And nobody should grow old before his time. Don't grow old before your time. We are all young in the Lord. You have to rise up. And especially those of us who can fight. We know how to use the weapons. Let's help the little ones to do something for God. It's time for communion. Today, as we stand in the presence of God, I really believe God for healing. All manner of healings. For breast lumps. For tumors of any sort. Because when Jesus came, he didn't just specialize in one area. No. From the psychiatric department, he healed the madman of Gadara. And the guy became clothed and in his right mind. You ask, you ask many doctors. It's not easy to cure a psychiatric patient for him to be totally cured and in his right mind. They are usually controlling the things with medications. But Jesus is the healer who can kill. So today, everything that affects your mind, that doesn't give you peace of mind. As you eat this body, it is being settled right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. 
Then Jesus also entered into the cardiovascular department. The heart and the blood vessels. He said he saw a man with a dropsy. That means the man was swollen. He was either suffering from a disease of his heart or from his kidneys or both. Every swelling, every organ that is affected in any adverse way because of the body of Jesus you are about to take in will be restored back to its normal function in Jesus' name. But Jesus didn't stop there. He went into the department of gynecology. And a woman who had an issue of blood 12 years dysfunctional uterine bleeding one touch of his garment she was healed <laughs> today you are not just touching the hem of Jesus garment too. you are actually taking his body hey. what about the musculoskeletal system the man paralyzed at the pool for 38 years my god every long-standing problem comes to an end today with the body of jesus lift up and say this is the body of jesus broken for my healing in every department of my life eat it The blood of Jesus is also called the blood of the covenant. Today, as we take this blood, I'm believing God for this. There were some ancient covenants you didn't have a part to play in that you have been tied to. Yeah. So by virtue of somebody else doing something on your behalf, they have locked you into a kind of covenant. But this is what we are going to do. Because this blood was shed, we are going to appropriate its power to cancel all other covenants that are not that are not legal. So lift up the blood of Jesus and say, This blood is superior to any other blood, it's greater than the blood of bulls and the blood of goats, even human blood. By this blood, I'm entering to a new covenant and casting every other covenant that I've knowingly or unknowingly been tied to. The blood of Jesus. Drink it. Father for liberty thank you Father for life ah I sense that somebody who has been limited you are breaking free and limits has been removed in the realm of the spirits oh yes something hedged you in something hemmed you in something made you Run in a narrow lane, or but I see a broad way now. You are free, you are free, you are free. Move into your next level in the name of Jesus. 
move into enlargement in the name of Jesus. Increase your capacity in the name of Jesus. Enlarge the place of your tent in the name of Jesus. It's happening to somebody right now. Receive it. Because you are partaking of the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. This is your portion. Clap your hands. We believe you have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Vicarious Church headquarters, East Legon Hills, Accra. Stay blessed. I am waiting.